Hello. Wow, what a great start, Adam. Hello. What a great start. Hello. I could not sit still hearing that song. I had just like settled on the couch, put on the headphones, like ready to like just, you know, chill. And then I hear the song. I'm like, shit. Mm -hmm. And of course, I got up and danced. Your fault. I have... hmm? It's your fault. Good. That's what a good DJ does. Put a surge of energy into the evening. You did well on my end. I don't know what others think. They can comment on the background. Hello, That's a everybody, really good by the way. Tanturi instrumental. Yes, I and agree. I often try to build a tanda around that. It's kind of hard. Is it? Why? Because he doesn't have that many instrumentals. I know. He just I, I always play the same four <laughs> instrumentals. Me too. Time, I think <laughs> I actually like play so little instrumentals anyway, but uh, he's definitely one of them. Um, I made something. Troy and yeah, what'd you make? Bring out the gimp. <laughs> I guess you just have to go wake him up now, won't you? <laughs> Uh, the gimp's uh, awake. So, uh, being a gimp, you created that, huh? Did you? you made your day useful. Can you imagine a better word for the situation than gimp? That is one of those words that sounds exactly like what it is. Yeah. You're gimping away. <laughs> that gimpy? should be a word, too. They have a... There is no word, watch... right? Huh? Verb? There is no verb, gimp. Well, it's I was just, just going to say, when I watch football or any sport and somebody gets injured, sometimes the announcer will be like, well, he's going to be gimped up for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> or they say, like, oh, so oh they he's going to gimp that, off the field. Like that. I see. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, do you want to tell what happened? Why well, I sprained my ankle last night. Gimp. <laughs> oh, you little, you little gimp. I know. <laughs> it's, you always make fun of me as being the gimp. As I'm the gimp now. To... I'm the gimp on our team now. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing, but it's not well, fun, I it's know. it's not that bad. I think it's not really even that swollen. I see. That's good. It's a little swollen. That's good. Um, yeah, I, I think, think within a week it'll be fine. You'll be fine, and yeah. I'm worried it's gonna feel good enough in like three days that I'm gonna That's forget it's injured and then yeah, really I fuck think. it up. Mm, no, you gotta be careful, Chiki. You're just gonna get back to dancing soon, so you better take good care and yep. not go rock climbing on that shit. I know. I'm bummed. <laughs> I I was thinking about that for you today. I'm like, man, like you're very active. And I know. You just started teaching private. Extremely you're active yeah. person. Walk and a lot. And the gym. Bike the a other lot. gym. We 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 start at our other gym tomorrow too, officially. Oh, you do. The one that's the one that's across the street. But I will take my time. Yeah, take your time. Work out your mm -hmm. upper body. Well, I don't even 
want to like walk there. Well, I think in th uh, here is the thing with sprained ankles. A little movement is also good. So you should already Yeah. be walking a little tomorrow if it's not swollen. Like um, when I sprained my ankle in Montreal, I think that was uh, the last one. Uh, The last or I don't one. know if that was before when I had to wear the boot. I don't remember which happened. But uh, in Montreal, I got so excited, guys. It was at the end of a milonga. It was during the marathon, and we went to go get bagels. It's probably 4 a.m., 5 a.m. in the morning. And they had this really cute uh, sign on the bagel shop. And I wanted to jump and, like, high-five this bagel character, which I did, of course. But then when I landed, there was a little ditch on the sidewalk. So my foot went in there and of course it's flipped and I sprained the ankle. And I was Classic so bummed Chico. because we traveled, oh, classic Chico. Classic And we traveled Chico. all the way to Montreal to dance my ass off. There I am, like jumping up and down and bam. Uh, but the next day, I insisted on going to the milonga. I danced a little bit, even though it was uh, swollen and it was hurting. Just a little bit, though. And then I stopped and took some Arnica pellets. And then the next day, that movement really helped, actually. Um, just I'm not saying Hmm. dance, Yeah. but a little movement is also good. Um, You hear that chopping in the background? no, are you chopping My wench your foot? is making me dinner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's She's the dinner? been, uh, well, it's very good for me, actually. It's, um... Interesting salads. So So. what's in it? What's interesting salad mean? Oh, well, um, this one has beets, radishes, shallots, some sort of vinaigrette, I'm guessing, uh, soft boiled eggs. Nice. Um, she sent me the recipe, but I'm not a member of NY Times Food, so I couldn't actually open it. You I hear see. that, Sharon? Talking about you. <laughs> Um, She's listening and then the now, so. other day we did like a fennel with it wasn't um watercress it was some sprouts beaten peas pea sprouts or something yeah it's good for me to get some more greens in. I sound really healthy like I go I'm talking about how I'm so active and I go to the gym and I'm eating salads but yet I feel Nice. <laughs> it extremely seems like unhealthy you are. all the time. I wonder if anybody Why? else feels like that. I don't know. It must be some sort of guilt trip I put myself through. Maybe. No, you are very I sleep healthy. a lot. You cook really well. You eat well. I don't work. <laughs> Less stressed <laughs> than most people. Speaking of work, <laughs> big announcement in the tango world. yes. Well, I think New York City's first milonga is coming back in June. Unless somebody beats us to it. Ooh. Well, Who is there's that? the there's the recipe in the chat. Roasted beets, celery, radishes, radicchio, arugula, soft-boiled eggs, roasted walnuts. So Mm, where roasted is this walnuts. um, milonga at? Um, it's at a studio that's named after a Bee Gees song.
<laughs> you should be dancing now. <laughs> I sang that so badly. <laughs> I should never sing that song. I don't know if anybody else can sing that song except for them. <laughs> I, I started really singing and I'm it. like, I'm, that's not even the melody. <laughs> you know, I never realized that was the name. The studio was named after that song until about two years ago. I know. I always thought about that song uh, or the show, the Dancing with the Stars, for some reason, when I first heard you should be dancing. But then we were in a meeting together where we asked them, I think. Actually, for me, I was on the elevator and somebody was singing that song because they were on their way up to a hustle party. And I was like, I have one of those brain blown moment. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> I can't believe you just thought of that at that moment and yeah. not sooner. That's funny. Because mm -hmm. the name uh, is kind of corny for a dance studio. It's true. It is. I hate to I have... tell them that, put that, throw them under the bus. We've been working with them for 14 years, <laughs> but you should be dancing is corny. Until you hear the song. I think that's why like it sounded like dancing with the stars for me for a while or he should be dancing and then the song took completely changed that. Um, so I had a really cute encounter on Saturday when we split and I decided I'm gonna walk across Brooklyn Bridge and like go hang out by the water on the Brooklyn side and and I met a friend later on in the night when the it was like all the city lights and it's dark. It's probably past midnight. We decided to dance. So we put on like headphones, one, one earbud in my ear, one earbud in his ear, and we were dancing. And then this guy approached us. He's like, what is this? Cause he can't even hear the music. He's just seeing us mm -hmm. move. Um, so we started talking to him and I think he's a musician or whatever, we connected with him on Instagram. And then the next day he sent us a poem that he wrote. Who were you with again? I was with Carlos and we were dancing oh, okay. by the river. Mm -hmm. And then like we got this poem. I was like, oh my God, this is so like, it's so New York. It wouldn't yeah. happen anywhere else. It felt like. You know what I got today? Yeah. What? I got a fan mail. I got fan mail. From one of our listeners. You did? Yeah. I got a postcard. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Oh, I got a postcard, postcard too. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm wondering if it's the same person. I didn't get the right to this person back yet. I thought I'd wait until now to thank them. Ah, good thinking. Mm -hmm. I love the stamps on my postcard. Stamps are a fun thing. Yes, indeed. So... What was the poem like? Was it good? Can I read it? Was it a haiku? Yeah. Huh? Before you read it, I want to finish announcing Wednesdays okay. in June, starting at 9.30 p.m., Tango Cafe will be back, limited in capacity. And what we've decided is to sell tickets several days before. We'll, we'll announce a time that they come on online available so everybody has equal access um, as long as we can spread the word enough about that time and day, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. 
And we'll be allowed 13 leaders, 13 followers. Genders are not necessary for one role or the other, obviously. Yeah. And what else? It'll be $20. And, then, and um, it's going to be, uh, you will have to be fully vaccinated and we will still wear masks. This is not just our decision. It's the studio policy. We have, we just respect how they want to open up after not being in business for over a year. They need to start months. super safe and 15 months. we respect that. Yeah. 15 months, yes. Yeah. Um, so that's how we're starting. And I like, I know there's a lot of conversations going on out there about this, but I would like to look at this as this is a transition phase. It's not to discriminate anyone who doesn't believe in the vaccine or any of that. It's just everybody, I think every organizer, every studio needs to set up rules that they are comfortable with. Because if they aren't, people coming will not be comfortable. Like we need And to. the way, you know, Tammy explained it is that, like you said, this is transitional. And hopefully by the end of the summer, fall, the numbers of people vaccinated will be so much so that we'll have reached herd immunity and we can just go back to the way things were, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so let's hear this lovely poem. Oh, yeah, I forgot already. <laughs> so he took a video of us, right? And uh, he wrote this poem. It's really, I thought it was really cute. Uh, all right, here we go. Hold on. I lost it. All right. If you put your, imagine also like, the New York City skyline in the background with Brooklyn Bridge and Manhattan Bridge running on two sides of us. It's just like so New York in the background. If you put your head by mine, we can hear the same music. The mist will shroud our feet the way it covers the skyline. And we will be like New York at night. The harsh lines fading until we're only lights. A heartbeat you have to lean into to hear. We're two fires and the rhythm on the Hudson. Mm. Yeah, I two thought it was Two fires really and the well. rhythm on the Hudson. It's, yeah, I thought it was Sounds like a so Billy well Joel written. song. <laughs> it could be. And it was a misty night, so it was really beautiful, I thought. And I didn't read it too well, but um, I did my best. Cool. 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 So, I wonder if Andrew is here and if he's willing to call in and talk to us as our musical guest for tonight. Hello, oh, Andrew. Hello, Andrew. Hello, hello. Here I am. Welcome, Andrew Oliver from Portland, Oregon. Yeah, nice to be here. Thanks for Very being here. warm and sunny here today. That's Amazingly odd. for the springtime. Yeah, we really got lucky this week. <laughs> I don't know, you know what's going on. We were in Portland many years ago to teach <laughs> oh Valentango. God, yes. And one day we went outside and it wasn't raining, but it was still very overcast. And somebody from Portland was like, oh my God, it's so nice out. And I was like, it's cloudy. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, but it's not raining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I mean, we usually don't get sun until, you know, the 4th of July. That's, But, you know, I don't know. Everything's been wrecked by climate change. So we try I to saw... enjoy it when we can, I suppose. I saw on your website that you lived in London for seven years. So yes. was it the weather that took you there as well? 
I mean, <laughs> every winter I was just thinking this is, <laughs> yeah, I, I always thought in London it's so ridiculous to move halfway across the world to a place with even worse weather, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> I was um, living in London. Yeah, oh, it's great. Um, it was very, you know, um, dirty and big, and mm-hmm. um, there's a lot, lot happening. And we had a great time. Um, played a lot of music. It's nice to be nearby. Everything in Europe, you know. Yeah, I was going to uh, ask. Did you like... get to uh, tour around a lot? Yeah. Yeah, a fair amount. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> we went played, you know, all over the place really, but the usual sort of gig locations like. Uh, Germany, Switzerland, France, mm-hmm. to some degree, and uh, yeah, we got to travel to Italy and Scandinavia. It was really nice. It was it was a really interesting. And were uh, you mainly playing sure. jazz there? Mm-hmm. I was, although I also did. I uh, sort of wormed my way into the London Tango Orchestra. Um, oh, nice. Which was, uh, yeah, it was a really fun um, uh, time, and we had some pretty cool. Uh, experiences we played with uh, the uh, the Leonardo Suarez Paz, the son son of um, Astor Piazzolla's violinist there, and that was cool. Hmm. And uh, yeah, so I did I did play you know and and uh, I did play a lot with the great Argentine singer there too called Guillermo Rosentuller, who was lived in England for a long time. We used to play duets at an Argentine restaurant, so I I got to get the tango out a little bit there, but not too much, you know, compared to playing with Alex and stuff here. And what brought you there? My wife got a job there at the American School in London. Hmm. Um, so we went there for that. And uh, But yeah, I mean, the jazz scene is amazing, of course, as you would expect. Um, yeah. Especially for like older styles of jazz, you know, like um, mm-hmm. like I play a lot of. So it was, yeah, it was really cool. So did but you... it's also nice to be back, of course. Yeah, yeah. Did you... So you started playing jazz and then got into tango just because Portland had a bustling community of musicians or how did that come yeah, about? Yeah, well, more or less, uh, it was mostly because of Alex Krebs. Um, you know, it's kind of a very odd coincidence, really. I, I also played a bit of trumpet on the side, although uh, hardly nice. anymore. Um, but um, yeah, so I have an old friend from high school, really, who um, I also went to college with, and he and his wife were just randomly taking tango lessons with Alex for fun in like about 2010, mm-hmm. maybe even old, maybe like 2008 or something. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and Alex has this gypsy brass band, which I'm sure you know about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, yeah. uh, he needed another trumpet player. So he was just asking at all of his tango dance classes. If, the, if anybody played trumpet and this guy, my friend Ryan said, well, I know a guy who you should call. So Alex called me to play trumpet in that band, which I did for like two years before we did anything tango related whatsoever. Hmm. And then uh, one day he was like, oh, yeah, you know, I need some arrangements for my tango band. Do you think you could do some? And I thought, OK, well, whatever, I can give it a try. But I had no idea. I didn't know anything about tango music, you know. So he gave me these old recordings of like Donato and Di Sarli. And I was like, what is this? And I, <laughs> you know, the records are so old, I can barely hear what's going on. How am I supposed to make an arrangement <laughs> I didn't know how to differentiate one band and I own from the other, you know. But anyway, and so are, that was it, really. Yeah. And you're playing like jazz from the 1920s a lot, right? So you went from yeah. 1920s jazz to like uh, tango music from... Well, like, yeah, there's a connection like, in that era, you know, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then like 
uh, of course, the tango music recordings sounded much worse than the <laughs> jazz recordings. No, it's a, they're, probably of they're that equally time. bad. I, I was I was really? used to it from the jazz. Yeah, okay. sure. Um, but uh, it was just more like the challenge of transcribing it, you know. Anyway, so yeah, so that's how I, you know, and then Alex and I started playing, and I joined his band, and we uh, we formed a new group to play, so you know, try to write some original compositions and that whole project and everything. So it was uh, that that was how I got into it. Um, I saw on your website a bunch of videos. Um, was it hard to get the feel for tango piano? I mean, you're you sound great, and you have I the feel. I was just gonna oh, ask, but you. I was gonna say like jazz is more native to our. It's, it is native to our country, and so it might be easier to have a feel for that growing up with it playing it longer. Yeah, I think uh, the tango feel is very uh, elusive and kind of complex, you know, but I think also, like, I... Um, uh, gosh, I, I feel like coming at it from a jazz background was sort of advantageous because in some ways, like, you have to have a looser attitude to it even though it's kind of more along the classical line so like i feel like there's more you know stuff that like if you come from classical music like you could use to your advantage technically or theoretically in playing tango than if you come from a jazz background but the sort of importance of rhythm in tango especially danceable tango you know um is something that i think was really helpful from the jazz background so that was kind of where mm. i came at it from because you have like, like a swing the beat yeah, exactly. The beat, yeah. the swing, mm. the things that get people dancing. And that's what drew me to like the older style of tango as well. Like, mm. I mean, nice. I, I don't play very much or even listen very much, um, you know, modern, like post, I mean, non, you know, what do you call it? Listening tango, cla you know, uh, concert mm -hmm. tango, post piazzola. Um, I just, yeah, I, I, I prefer danceable music in all genres, really. So I guess that's why I've, I've gotten so into mm. older styles of jazz as well. And and older styles so of tango. So I think the there's, first... a, there's a connection there, you know. Sorry. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now I was going to ask what was the, if there is a first of uh, technique that you needed to get good at to play tango versus jazz. Oh, tango has a lot of weird technique. All the glissandos and sound effects, you know, the jumbiar is really weird and feels very uncomfortable. <laughs> you can't just slam the bottom end of the piano. That's not right. You know, yeah, it took me a while to understand <laughs> how that really works and what you're trying to get out of it. And, um, yeah, so that, that was a bit of a challenge. And I, I, uh, I got some books. I mean, there's a, the Julian Peralta has a great book and kind of describes things in more detail. And, mm -hmm. Um I mean, all uh, yeah. I, I studied with Octavio Brunetti a bit. Um, oh wow! Yeah. Uh, nice. uh, just a couple of lessons when he was here once, which was mm -hmm. amazing. Of course, he was the best and yeah, he was uh, super sweet. the most yeah. like, subtle and and he really understood. Like he had just done so much study of uh, classic tango piano technique. You know, he had all these mm -hmm. insights about like the exact length of notes and like, you know, how long you want your left hand to be held compared to how long you want your right hand to be held. All this stuff, you know. And wow. It was, yeah. it was, he was very thorough. So I, I learned a lot from him. He seems That's to crazy. have influenced a lot of musicians yeah. uh, in and out of New York uh, as yeah. well. Not just played with them, but also like to get them to start playing tango and... Get them yeah, he's get pulled a lot of people into it. tango. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He was. That was a real horrible. Well, we know you have to. You know, your time is limited because you have to teach soon. I wanted to play some of your music, but before I forget, yeah. the one question I really wanted to ask you. Um, if you would compare yourself to a tango pianist, whose sound <laughs> do you think you most <laughs> relate yourself to? Great question. Great question, um, Adam. Great question. Great question. You know, <laughs> pressure, oh, God, Andrew. Nice pressure. Oh. You can I mean, think I about it. Um... I, no, I, I, I know I love Desarly the most. I, I think that his left hand was just—it's such a mystery, and it's there's so many levels of, of, um, yeah, idiosyncrasy, and uh, and so that that yeah, I think that, and and I, I just love like the sort of drama but also the rhythm like i think disarly had just amazing combination of drama and rhythm it was never mm. overdone but it but he always but it was really his left hand that is just uh, very inspirational so i would love to be able to achieve that that type of feel in my mm-hmm. left hand you know um mm. i mean i i love a lot of all it pianists nice. as well but i i think that that's probably the, the quickest answer anyway <laughs> that's, that's great that's good that's yeah. great well let's start Oh, sorry, Chico. No, no, no. I, I'm wondering which what you're going to play to start with. Um, did you have a, a a preference, Andrew? No, no. It's up to you. As as you okay. wish. Okay. I, I I'll we'll play the tangos later. I wanted to start with this okay. first one you have called "Creepy Feeling." Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Great, yeah. yeah is, this, is this an original? No, it's written by Jelly Roll Morton. Um, oh, okay. So oh, you've one thing, done oh, sorry, a lot of got a bug her work, I think, I was reading on your website. Yeah, so uh, Jelly Roll Morton was a great pianist from New Orleans, and he considered himself to be like the inventor of jazz, but he was also an enormous braggart, so he wasn't really the inventor, single-handed inventor of jazz. Um, but it did say so on his business card, which is kind of amazing, you know. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I've, I've really, he was the, you know, his music was what really got me into jazz when I was younger. Um, and so... You know, he had a lot of theories about jazz, which I think were really spot on. And a lot of them were sort of forgotten quickly as jazz evolved really rapidly in the 30s and 40s. And he became sort of very I'm sorry, that, um, adamant about about certain ideas that uh, and one of them was what he called the Spanish tinge. So um, it wasn't really Spanish, but it's, you know, it's like a sort of pan Latin Caribbean um, rhythm, rhythm, habanero rhythm that course recurs in all sorts of music from around the world especially from this mm-hmm. era and like influences are moving around but um yeah you know i i've always loved this song and uh it when i played it i try to sort of add a bit more tango in it than was originally there um but i think it's also just interesting the way that all these things you know caribbean music and south american music and uh, even spanish music obviously you know, via Mexico and everything, were really influencing each other and coming together in New Orleans in the 1920s um, and before. So I think that, you know, I mean, tango was really popular just as a sort of, you know, people would just have tango music, on, sheet music on their pianos and stuff, you know, in, the, uh, in that era. And, and so I think that it certainly made its way in there in interesting ways. So I, uh, anyway, I, I recorded this on my new solo record and I guess it's not that new anymore. It came out last year. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of wanted to add a little more tango vibe in there than, than was in the original. Awesome. Nice. Well, let's, let's give a listen to creepy feeling. <laughs> <laughs> it's queuing. There we go. 
Oh, Andrew, call us back. I had to hang up on Andrew because, yeah, I know, because I couldn't mute him. I can't mute him anymore. I don't, I don't think the phone rings anymore either. When you call, you just pop on. Oh, no, you did weird. because I, I made I you heard a the host. ring. Yeah. I uh, see. Yeah. I see. Sorry about that, Andrew. But yes, there was thanks some noise. For the, uh, oh, that's okay. Thanks. No worries. Yeah, I just went inside for a second, so I probably had the. But you can mute yourself, just so you know. At the bottom, there's oh, okay. a little mute button. Oh, great. Um, Good to know. Thank you. Sorry yeah. about that. Yeah, no, no, no worries. worries. No worries. Uh, thanks that for the applause, beautiful. by the way. Not so creepy, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah. Well, it was not my title. It is a strange title. <laughs> it's a strange title. <laughs> There's few moments where it just like is like that one bit almost like done. I and then it comes back, and I love when yeah. songs do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. some good things. Cool. That's yeah. I was saying earlier how the word "gimp" is the perfect word for what it represents. You can't. Hmm. It's like. It sounds just like what it is. But that yeah. song, definitely not. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Oh, well, it's uh, definitely but, a title uh, mishap there. I don't know. Puja is right. It really felt like uh, we had our own piano bar in, in yeah. our home. <laughs> it was awesome. Great. It, it was awesome. awesome. Great. So you must no, miss playing. Do you get to play any gigs live recently, at least? No, uh, no, we haven't done anything since October. But uh, I am playing outside this Saturday, which is going to be very exciting. Yay! With some friends of mine. Uh, there's a a bar in Portland that has a nice patio, and they've got a few tables, and it's very limited, of course, you know, capacity, of like course. twenty people. But um, it's going to be great, you know. It's gonna, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. That's wonderful. You know, it's been so adrenaline rush. I live yeah, no kidding. Yeah. like a block from Prospect Park. And last summer and now already this spring, there's little jazz quartets and trios playing mm -hmm. all around the park, little salsa groups. Um, it's just it's it's you know, this is a horrible time for all of us and everybody, but there's some really cool things happening too because of it. Yeah, like yeah, for sure. coolness. Like humanity. Yeah, we did some um, out ways. some things in the park, and we did some things on the porch, and last summer, yeah. and yeah, it was great. You know, just people are being really flexible and cool about it all, which, you know, I think probably wouldn't occur normally. <laughs> I think yeah, you know, exactly. just started playing in the middle of a park because someone eventually just shut you down in the old. Park, right. but, uh, yeah, that's exactly. uh, it. Has been really nice, you know, especially now that it's nice here this weekend. I think there'll be some. Uh, probably so some I read. That I, I have a I have a piano that I can. Like a half size piano, I can push outside. So. Oh really? Pull it, pull it out this weekend, yeah. Nice. Um, I read that you created the Portland musical ensemble. Oh, uh, jazz composers, yeah, Portland jazz yeah. composers ensemble, yeah. Mm -hmm. What defines an ensemble? Oh well, it was just like a group of people that were writing new music, uh, new jazz mm -hmm. music, and we, we basically just wanted to like be able to leverage a bit more organization uh, and funding and, nice. uh, you know, just to get projects happening and uh, may, uh, write music for a larger, it was 12, it was a 12-person band at the time, although now wow. it's, it's changed a lot. Um, it's, I don't run it anymore. Um, it's run by a great trumpet player called Douglas Dietrich, and uh, yeah, they've, they've done a lot of really cool projects. Um, you know, since, I mean, he took it over when I left in 2013. So, um, yeah, it's it's a great, great forum for local musicians to uh, make new and relevant music. Um, 
that's jazz based. So it's been pretty cool. I mean, I'm really glad that it's grown a lot, you know, over the years. So how did you get the idea to start that when it first happened? Like, well, we just sort of had a bunch of people um, that were working on new music. Uh, and we, we were writing for the, the big band at Portland State University. Once we all graduated, then we didn't really have, you know, a large band to write for anymore. So we, uh, mm. we just got together and formed that one. That's basically nice. how it started. And then, and then we kind of, yeah, it kind of grew from there. We became a nonprofit. And, uh, yeah, we started kind of working on more kind of conceptual projects and stuff over the years. But yeah, it, it was basically just uh, kind of for fun at first. Yeah. No, no, I know what you mean, though. Like, I mean, we always have this sort of conversation with uh, tango organizers or teachers that like start teaching or uh, start their own milonga. And when we ask them, like, what made you do that? And it's usually there is something that's missing that they want. So they mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. have to they want to put in the effort to create uh, mm -hmm. what they're longing for or wanting uh, to have mm -hmm. in their community and uh, it's it, I think that those are the things the moments that inspire us usually yeah for sure yeah for sure you would well, play we have, one more song? yeah we have a few yeah. more um, yeah. I was going to play Patatero next with the beautiful vocalist yeah, you have here oh my yes. god yes yeah, this, uh, so Megan um, is a tango dancer, uh, and we had a, a tango karaoke night one day. Mm -hmm. Alex and I asked any dancers who wanted to get up and sing with the band to pick a song, and we uh, learned the songs, and, you know, people got up and sang with the live band. It was really nice. fun. We had about 10 people, I think. And uh, Megan hadn't really ever sung before in public, but she... Got up and sang El Jaron, the Milonga, and it was great. And uh, we were kind of on the lookout for a singer anyway. So she eventually then joined the band, and um, she's since gone on to study a lot of uh, tango music here and in Buenos Aires. And she's yeah, she's just a great, um, a great singer and great person what to have around. And she story. lives just right down the street from me. So yeah, we, uh, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> that's a great and, story. Uh, yeah. That's so, uh, anyway, so, uh, so yeah, so she wanted to just do a, a duo thing at one point. One time I was visiting from London and uh, we just went in the studio and just kind of did it, you know, with very little planning. And it turned out really great. Awesome. We cool. had a nice musical it. thing going right away. It's a little slow this evening, but it's coming. <laughs> That's okay. Mm hmm. Queuing up still. Mm hmm So what's the meaning of the name of the song? Sentimental Gangster. Aha. Uh -huh. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. <laughs>
patutero, rey del bailongo, patutero sentimental, le escondes bajo tu risa muchas ganas de ya los años se van pasando y en mi pecho no entro en querer. De mi vida tuve muchas, muchas miles, pero nunca una mujer. Cuando tomo dos copas de mar, en mi pecho comienza a surgir. El recuerdo de aquella fiel mujer que me quiso de verdad y yo en abandoné de su amor me burlé sin mirar que pudiera sentirlo después sin pensar que los años al volver iban crueles a marcar a este rey del Loving the applause tracks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing that she yeah, that was was not one. singing before. It's crazy to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you never know. <clears throat> when did you start playing piano? Uh, oh, gosh. Well, uh, I was about five or four or five. I took some lessons, uh, ear training lessons. Uh-huh. But I mean, there was a piano in the house, you know, so I was, I was just banging around on it, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone played that the, in the family, I guess? No, no. Uh, no? My parents just had a piano that somebody was storing in their house. Um, <laughs> oh, nice. But they didn't play it, actually. So, yeah. There you go. Never know. That's that's funny <laughs> how things yeah. happen, yeah. you know? Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> when did you know you wanted to do that for a living or that was just always the case from there on yeah i uh i guess i just kind of kept going you know um uh and and i mean yeah i i i guess probably in high school Mm -hmm. um then i went to college in new orleans and you know, that's obviously such a great music town. So that was a really uh, great opportunity to just be around a lot of great music. It sounds like something you were just doing all the time. And then it just became what, you what do. you're doing all the time. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Although now yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, yeah, it's interesting. I'm actually, I've um, gone back to school to study urban planning. Um, you did. This year. Yeah. So oh, it's wow. uh, rather different. I was uh, going to yeah, ask actually if you ever wondered about doing something else besides yeah being a piano. Uh, well, there you go. There's your answer. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, no, it's been really cool. I, uh, you know, it's something that's also always interested me and seemed with the pandemic that there was going to be a lot of changes. So it seemed like a good time, you know, mm-hmm. to do something else. We have a good but, friend I mean, here not, in New not York. Not to stop playing music, of course, at all, but yeah. add to it. Yeah, but to just <laughs> pick up other interests. Yeah. yeah. Or pursue them. We have a good friend here named Monroe Johnson, who's an urban planner. Oh, cool. Um, and he was on the show. He wasn't a guest, but he called in. A while ago, maybe June or July, and he was telling us this amazing story, which I don't remember right now. <laughs> she could you what that's about? Well, he was telling us the how he was involved in what was going on with COVID around the city and what they were planning mm-hmm. and how they were mm-hmm. planning things. Um, and yeah. as an urban planner, like we weren't expecting him to be so involved in all that but no mm-hmm. there was a lot that was going on involving urban planists uh, mm-hmm. planners i just made the word planist <laughs> that's a good word <laughs> pianist planist that's yeah the there influence. we go exactly yeah but yeah it was really interesting we're like really you were involved in that this like uh, all the stuff the city was building to be able to like do test the hospitals like all mm-hmm. that stuff oh yeah yeah huh. yeah there's a lot to be done that's for sure yeah I, and i'm sure there was a lot more interesting parts to it adam that i don't remember either <laughs> <laughs> uh, i want to hear another song all right well we're we gonna have play 10 Somebody's... minutes with andrew we better use this Somebody... well Somebody keeps trying to call in, but I'm not going to answer you right now because we're going to play a song. So try again shortly. And this is a classic that every listener probably has memorized. El Choclo.
band that I know plays El Choclo. Why? Oh, of course, yeah. That's uh, like staple. Well, I mean, that was, you know, Alex and I have been doing some live streams over the winter here, and one thing we've been trying to do is to, like, deconstruct the songs more that people are the most familiar with. So, like, uh -huh. it's much more fun to mess with it like we were doing there, you know, and, like, not always play the melody or, you know, leave some space or change the speed, all this kind of thing. And, uh -huh. you know, when you have a song that everybody knows, then you can really get away with that because you don't need to, you know, just state the melody as, as clearly. So that's kind of, yeah, that was kind of the idea behind that one. I see. Hmm. Yeah, it's nice because it's still familiar. It's such a familiar yeah. song. So it's still familiar, but then you can play around with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that makes it really fun. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. it's a really cool arrangement. Thanks, no, thanks. for sharing yeah. that with us. Pretty good. We saw your video on your website. You did a some sort of Zoom collaboration, a music of a video. Um, with which band? Um, it was you, obviously. <laughs> uh, a guitarist. I'd have to go look again. It was a, oh, right, that was the dinosaur. Yeah, it was. It was like a um. That was just like an overdub thing we did, yeah. Um, okay. I think it was a Dime Notes when we did uh, record a CD a few years ago that we finally put out during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, weirdly, I think a lot of people have been releasing recordings this during this thing because obviously there's no gigs, so it's kind of mm -hmm. the only thing you can do, really. You know. So, yeah, or writing a lot. Yeah, and yeah that too. Yeah. We had a pianist on early in this show in the pandemic, and we asked him, like, how's things? how are things different? And he said, well, before Corona, I sat at home all day and wrote music. And now <laughs> I sit at home all day and wrote music. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah, he, is a, he is a better than some people. <laughs> I guess uh, the main difference is no gigs. Yeah, exactly. On top yeah. of it, yeah. Yeah. That's funny, though. Well, we, I am uh, worried that you're going to teach in 13 minutes, so I want to... Wrap it up timely with you, Andrew, and I yeah. want to thank you for taking the time to meet us, uh, take a chance yeah, on absolutely. us. And, <laughs> and well, thanks for having podcast. me. No, it's always nice to chat, and yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's great to meet you guys, too, and talk about some stuff. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, yeah thank you Same. so much for joining us, and next time we're out and west, we'll look you up. Yeah, please yes. do. Thank you so and much. And we'll play your fourth song at the end of the show. To wrap that up. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll head out with we'll that. We'll still play it. <laughs> cool. Uh, <laughs> All right. Yeah. Have a Thank you so much. Class. Well, great. Thanks. Yeah. Have a great night. Thanks. See ya. Take care. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Did you hear that? I heard something, but I couldn't hear. Somebody what... yelled, "Perfect timing." <laughs> perfect. As he was, was hanging up. Well, do you want so to play the song at the end or now before we call in John and Jessica? Uh, we can play it now. I thought we already Let's made that decision, but I guess we're changing that. I don't know. I, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would be like a little nice transition and we can talk and... Uh, and I think this is a cool song. It is interesting. Good energy. Yeah. I see you pee. I see you pee. 
That's what I'm hearing, Adam. <laughs> uh, I'll never forget Oliver's class on CUP. Brilliant. Played on the streets of New Orleans. Yeah, it's a blend. Yeah, it's a really good blend.
Yay! 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 It was a nice. <laughs> it's a, I, I loved it. It's a good transition. Uh, uh, thank you for calling before. Papa John's. Would you like uh, to try our special? <laughs> I wanted tacos. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you have Papa. the wrong number. Um, well, well, maybe, maybe, you could, maybe you could just fold the pizza in half and it would be a giant taco for us. <laughs> With Shut pineapple in the middle. Taco. I don't want to share. Hello, welcome. <laughs> Jessica Cutler and John Miller from Denver. Uh, how are you welcome, guys doing? guys. Doing well. Good. Good. Oh, oh I was muted. I'm you? talking here and nobody's like paying attention. No, no, to you're me. good. Good. We're just ignoring you. <laughs> As usual, I'm used to this treatment, actually. Why do I even question it? Welcome, guys. Yeah, thank you. Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Your pizza taco with pineapples in the middle is ready. John, uh, how Jess, do you feel about pineapples? Yeah. I love pineapples. Yeah, yeah see, it was meant yeah. for me instead. Yeah, I think you guys have, have started a fight between us that I was not planning on having tonight about pineapples. So, we're gonna we're, we're gonna add a little. You guys bit have made it over a year together in the quarantine, and now it's all coming over. It's gonna be over. All it it's took was time. two minutes with Adam and Chico. <laughs> if you hear um, barks. Those are our two pugs. Um, they're kind of feral and not really trained. If you hear like like little chortles and troll sounds, that's probably and, me. Uh, that's John. <laughs> <laughs> you stole my joke. Yeah. I was one of that's, um, that's here. When we uh, visited, you had one pug, I believe. Did you have yeah. two? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so we had uh, one pug named uh, Pugliese. Oh, right, and right. Um, and he was like a million years old, and mm. we uh, he was getting lonely, so we had to get a dog for the dog. And mm. then after he died, then the new dog was lonely, so we again had to get a dog for the dog. So it's um, uh, yeah, it just spirals out of control pretty quickly. So uh, just be be careful about that. I would say. I remember I took a video of him sleeping. It was the cutest <laughs> video of a dog sleeping. Yeah. We have one that does that now who she makes some pretty amazing sounds. She That's realized great. every time she would make us these sounds that we would give her attention. Oh, that was so cute. And so now she really goes for it. We call her our singer. Um, we should have <laughs> recorded some pug sounds for the What's show. Her, what are their names? Um, we've got Django McDog and uh, Issa. Yeah, I it's love a, it. It's, it's actually uh, uh, Isabella, named for the greatest tango singer of all time, uh, Isabella DeAngelis. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if you've never heard her recordings from uh, like 1980, it's uh, it's life changing. Wow, I'm sure. I'm sure, it could change your life or the radio dial. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, d definitely both. It's. Um, uh, it's like the the most remarkably bad set of recordings that I think I've come across from like a major orchestra. It's uh, I'll, I'll have to send them to you later. It's oh, I can't it's, wait. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. yeah. 
My trash bin on my Mac is empty, so <laughs> <laughs> it's eagerly waiting. Eagerly. Um, what was the first dog's name again? Uh, 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 Pugliese. No, no, no. The first. Oh, of oh, the, of, of the of the new ones. Um, so, so his name is uh, Django, like Django Reinhardt. Okay. Um, apparently, nobody's heard of Django Reinhardt, but they've seen Django Unchained, so that uh, leads to <laughs> awkward moments on the street sometimes. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, well, Chico, shall we play the theme? Yes, let's play the theme song. This is our official. Five questions. <laughs> when you're Five bored questions. during a pandemic, this make is what that audio samples. <laughs> Adam calls a friend and asks um, them to record over. MC have Hammer. you guys picked up any new hobbies this past year, or or dove in deeper to some other hobbies? Um, let's see. I have been um, possessed with shelf madness, so I've been putting up shelves like all over the apartment. <laughs> um, I was like, hold on, is there something called shelving? I'm like, I got all ears. <laughs> it was actually just normal shelves. A long time yeah. ago, <laughs> I was visiting my brother once in Berlin, and his friend called, and she's like, can you come over and help us help me put some shelves up? And we went over there, and after about three hours, we left, and there was just about eight, 1,800 holes in her wall. <laughs> <laughs> and no shelves? <laughs> no shelves. No shelves. <laughs> but you can't forget the magic ingredient, which is cursing and angry mutters. <laughs> that, that's that's the real magic yeah, of that, the that's shelves the, that's coming the up. That's how they... The thing about shelves is that you got to buy stuff to put on them. Yeah, well, um, we, we have like a yeah let's, plants. Let's get to my new hobby, which is I'm turning the living room into Fern Gully. <laughs> oh, nice. Are you guys still uh, in the same place? That yeah, you were there. Yeah. Okay, okay. Nice. Yeah. That was a nice place. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. We just so nested up plants? hardcore. Um, I've got a tree. Um, named Gary, it, I asked John to get like a little tiny Christmas tree and mm -hmm. you know, like just like one of the little halfies you get in front of the grocery store. Um, and he went and got a potted tree, um, and thinking we would plant it outside, but he got a Norfolk pine, um, which is a tropical tree that grows in like Hawaii. Oh, and, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a Christmas tree. To, and and it's just like this really fluffy kind of like pine and it's really sensitive and it's in a huge pot and I give it so much water. Yeah, and so yeah, it really made the living room feel more like a forest. It did, it did. Yeah, it's uh so so this tree for our apartment um apparently is going to live for hundred and fifty years and grow to be eighty feet wide and a hundred feet tall. So um, you you can't yeah. you might want to let your neighbors know. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And you can't you, plant it outside; it'll die. Cause then... you're gonna get a tree for your tree. Uh, yes. <laughs> Stop well, giving her ideas. If you move to Hawaii, you can plant it outside. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I've been roller skating everything. too. Roller skating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's, been, it's been 
exercise. It's been yeah. nice being able to go out and be at parks because it's like being around people. There's like a little bit of pleasure to like being around other humans, everybody outside. I remember this summer I saw like people on like those bicycles that had like two different seats and something that looks almost like um, like a golf cart with like four people in it and mm -hmm. people out on all kinds of contraptions, unicycles. And I'm like, this feels like a Dr. Seuss story when I would go out to the park <laughs> mm -hmm. and roller skate around. Um, but it's been just like a good way to deal with uh, the extra pounds that would like to put themselves on me. Yeah, I found a pair of rollerblades a couple of years ago, I used to rollerblade as a kid, and I was mm -hmm. kind of a daredevil. And I found a pair maybe five years ago, and we have a we have a Prospect Park on the corner, and it's kind of like um, a crooked bowl. Like it's half of it is a hill going down, and half of it is hill going up, and it's about three miles around. Mm. And our side enters on the top of the hill, and I put on these rollerblades, and I start going, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden I'm flying down this fucking hill. Of course, <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> I did this like I kind of like went sideways and slammed into the curb kind of and just took them off and walked home and I'm like I'm not gonna you can't rollerblade in my area my neighborhood because it's we're on the top of a hill basically yeah. it's called Park Slope and everything goes down from here so, so I bike I tell, a lot can, can I tell my first rollerblade story please mm -hmm. Tell us. But, Please. Well, I grew up with roller skates. You asked so skates. nicely. I know. Can, may I? May I? I Please. raised my hand, too. Actually, you guys didn't see. <laughs> <laughs> I, I grew up with roller skates, and the old school ones were like you would adjust it to the size of your feet and stuff. And the only time I saw roller blades was in the movies until I moved to New York. And I went to Central Park. I went to the roller blades ring and I rented a pair they gave me paddings and stuff and I put these things on and I they were like so much heavier than I thought they were going to be especially compared to roller skates I put them on and I can hardly like get up and I put the paddings on and I was like man these must be for kids because I put the paddings on my knees and the skin around my knees are like like bulging out <laughs> as if like they're about they're gonna like explode out of the brace and I go I'm like I'm sorry I think you gave me kid size paddings and then she looks at me she's like those are elbow pads <laughs> I took the elbow pads and I put them on my knees. That was like uh, my first beginner experience. And then I was like, oh, okay, can I have some knee pads too? So then I'm padded up finally. And I do one round in the skating ring. And I was like, all right, I'm ready. I'll go to the park. And a first moment in Central Park is already, it's not flat anywhere there. It's a 1% hill and I'm like flying because I don't know what I'm doing at all and I can't stop. And I just start screaming. I'm like, get out of the way <laughs> <laughs> to everybody. Like, and I'm going full speed and then this kid jump like is in front of me and two, three year old kid did not move anywhere so in the end I had to throw myself on my ass and <laughs> <laughs> and
And uh, it took me 15 days to get over the fact that I couldn't sit on my ass for a while. Ooh. After Ouch. that, but that was my and first and last rollerblading experience, guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least you didn't put them on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I could have tried that too. You'd walk up. I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> so are you guys teaching during this time or doing anything tango related? Yeah. Yeah, we've yeah. been um we've been doing uh Zoom lessons with people uh, basically since the whole thing started. Um okay. and uh, that's been going uh quite a lot better than I thought it would going into it. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, like, like working with individuals is hard because it's, it's kind of depressing to do Ocho's by yourself for an hour while somebody yells at you. Mm -hmm. Um, but, <laughs> uh, students yell at you? Uh, no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm yelling at them. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, uh, working with couples actually, uh, has, has proven to be like, uh, just like surprisingly, um, productive. And I've been amazed at the amount of progress that some of our students have made. Uh, without us actually being in the same room as them for a whole year. Mm, yeah. Have you changed the material you teach? Do you go into other things maybe that you wouldn't have in person? Um, I feel like students listen and try harder when it's one-on-one, mm. one-on-one -on, -one, one on Zoom. You say, mm -hmm. okay, engage a little bit right here. Ro you have to rotate at this moment. And they really try. Um, it just seems like, uh, our, our students have really shined. Um, and we've definitely come up with some, some exercises and like things will pop up. Um, I think what happens, especially when we're trying to work on like solo drills, um, mm -hmm. finding adaptations so that people can mirror us and like understand the solo drill. There have been a, a couple adaptations there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been uh, like you, you have to be uh, kind of more aware of uh, like how you're presenting stuff inside the space, mm -hmm. um, you know, because you can't like go over and grab somebody and adjust and their arms and things like that. You're not three-dimensional. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, it's been um, it's been really interesting. I, I think probably what's going to end up happening as the result of all that is that the next time that we have to do some sort of performance on a stage, uh, we're going to have no problem facing the front one when we, when we need to. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was, I saw you guys, um, have a video and I, I didn't think you knew what stages were because yeah. you're <laughs> dancing on a table. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah. I wanted to call you and be like, dude, you know what a stage is? <laughs> but I'm glad you learned through through this process. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, everybody learns in different ways. So, <laughs> what but was I the... agree. Like people are listening more in a way, more in tune. I think um, yeah. also like you're mm. taking away one sense, which is the touch, out mm. of the equation. And then you're taking a dimension out of it, so it's from 3D to 2D, and there is, uh, I think, I mean, and then I think because of all that, people are also trying and exploring more. and figuring it yeah. out themselves mm -hmm. as well really as listening better, more. and I think that's amazing. 
Yeah, I, I agree. One one thing that um, that I've found is that some of my students who um, didn't seem to practice very well together uh, before the pandemic, um, over the course of doing lessons with me, like during this time, seem to be practicing together better. Nice. Um, which is nice, and and I think it it kind of comes down to what you're saying, which is that uh, with like all of these uh, like you know, all these senses being kind of stripped away, like they really have to, to focus in on a different way um, mm -hmm. in order to, to get it to work. So it's, um, yeah, that, that's that's been a, a really surprising benefit. I think that some people are going to come out of this like actually much better uh, dancing than they went in. Yeah. I think they some have of no our choice, students, right? They have to work with that partner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which helps too. I think like, I mean, all of this, restrictions are always a good thing. Hmm. What were you going to say, Jessica? I was going to say, I think some of our students are going to keep doing it this way because they don't have to travel and mm. they're, they've been like, wow, we can't believe we're having so much fun. We have several that are every week um, that otherwise would be traveling 45 to 90 minutes. And mm -hmm. so I think that they'll probably stay on at least part-time doing it this way. Nice. Yeah, I think having this forcing ourselves, having to be forced to use Zoom for so many things um, is opening up a lot of opportunities. I think when we get, we're going to start teaching in person in June and I'm, I want to, at least for the solo class, I want to do it on Zoom as well. Mm -hmm. So we can blend two things and see how it works. I don't know how well that will work, but. That sounds really reasonable. John was doing um, videography, and he has been doing videography um, since just before the pandemic started. Mm, yeah, about a year before that. Um, he's mm. been doing like promo videos for festivals and like little commercials and like oh, did all you kinds, guys all kinds you of stuff? Did, you did the promo video for the with the drone. The we mm. John did yeah. For, it actually uh, that that one was. Um, uh, what is the video fill us in, guys? So uh, the audience is knowing to yeah. what we're. The, um, the video is one would be for the Boise for Tree City Tango. Yeah. Is you made that one? Yeah, and then uh, there's one for the Mountain Milonga Retreat in Salt Lake City. Um, that I, I don't know if that one actually Got made it posted. out because the festival was canceled because of COVID. Mm. Um, but uh, all the videography equipment. Um, ended up becoming super useful when we started doing video stuff because of the, the cameras and the, the computer and like everything John had been doing to like work with the videography business ended up being really, really handy um, mm. to start like teaching classes, doing stuff online. Yeah. Yeah, that was good timing. Yeah. Yeah. So I have something a little different, Chico. I want to do. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With our guests. Perfect. I'm going to ask them questions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but like I want to do five? it lightning round speed. Okay. 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 So some are tango related, because some are random. This is how much you liked getting that sort of questions, no? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. All well, right. well, we're, we're ready. Okay, so you have to think of the first thing that pops into your head. Okay. All right, I'll start easy. Favorite movie? A Beautiful Mind. 
the Matrix. Okay. And it doesn't have to be for like Tango questions. It's Can actually Donnie Darko. <laughs> which one which one sorry what did you change it to i was just thinking how fast you guys answered and i'm like holy shit there is no way i could answer this so fast i said the wrong one because i answered so fast <laughs> <laughs> which one did you say after i missed it donnie darko okay oh nice one so tango people tend to be very what's the word um I, we were ta I was taking a class a few months ago with Horacio, and he said, tell us your favorite orchestra. And mm. he's like, just say an orchestra. And everybody, I mean, it was a small class, eight people. But it took 20 minutes to get through this stupid thing because, <laughs> well, right now I feel like Troilo from the 40s is speaking to me. But, uh, and it, it, so <laughs> it's like no easy answer. So, yeah. Um, that was good. That was my next question. No, favorite orchestra. I love her. Uh, uh, let's see. So for, for me, that's going to be uh, the, the trio of Syriaco Ortiz. Okay. Ooh. Favorite city you don't live in? New Miami. York. Okay. Favorite. Did John say oh, New York? Of course. Okay. Favorite tango with lyrics? Oh, jeez. Poro Nicabeza. Um, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, let's see. Favorite tango with lyrics. Um, let's see. I think uh, El Pañuelito. Okay. Favorite sport? Uh, Ice skating. Uh, rugby. Favorite tango without lyrics? Um, probably Catuso by uh, Pugliese. He said mine. <laughs> <laughs> what an Favorite asshole. Favorite color. <laughs> Favorite color. Uh, that one with where blue and purple come together and a transcendent blue and purple. Blue. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like that uh, transcendent blue purple. Uh, let's see. My, my favorite color is indigo. 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 Yeah. 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 That's it. Indigo. And what'd you say, John? Uh, it's called Stygian Blue. And, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, what the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, so, 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 so it's one of these colors that you get by, um, it's like you stare at like a, a field of blue and then you look at a black dot and mm. it tricks your brain into seeing colors that don't exist in nature. Interesting. Yeah. Favorite year of tango music? Um, 1941. I'm going to say probably 27. Hmm. Interesting. And last one. What's your favorite? Tango Vols or Milonga? Uh, tango Ooh. for me. Ooh, yeah, that's really rough, but I, that I, is kinda, rough. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like um, there's like Vols. I'm going to say Vols. Okay. Well, that was it. You did great. Thanks. Tango questions can be really hard because, you know, well, like for the last question, I was I I thought you might be like, well, are we listening? Or are we dancing? You, know? <laughs> you guys did amazing. <laughs> I, I don't think I can answer any one of those still. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I'm amazed. Good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Favorite right Wicked now. Wicked good. That's what it is. Favorite right now. So, 
when did you guys did you guys start together what's your history like with tango how did you get involved um so i started uh actually i started in high school of all places um and i basically uh bullied my high school prom dj into uh playing a tango um and so like the uh the entire dance was just like what the hell is this? And my partner and I had taken like three or four lessons or like dancing around having the time of our lives. Um, and then, uh, after that, um, like through, like I was with my college club and just kind of went on from there. Um, I think, I think we met at a gig. Yeah, that's right. At a gig. I had been dancing a lot of things and had gotten hooked into tango and I was doing it for a couple of years and John and I got, it was like a double blind date. We both um, got this really sweet gig up in the mountains and it was like a bunch of money. We just like danced for a crowd in this um, cabin type swanky hotel where people just like want to be entertained. Um, and we had got like a dinner and there was live music and there were drinks and the other people on the gig were, fought, were like, jealous or fighting and so they didn't yeah, want to switch yeah, couples. Yeah, like, like, like we were supposed to be, um, you know, like all four of the dancers were supposed to, to mix around, but um, yeah, that, that was not happening. So uh, yeah, so we basically so just danced the whole yeah, night. So we're dressed up, um, entertaining each other all night, um, having drinks and dinner, dancing, having people clap for us. And then we got snowed in, so we had to stay the night oh, there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Romantic. Mm -hmm. and, Very romantic. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was like this amazing breakfast buffet. And then they, they gave us the cheapest room they had was $800. Fuck. And they were, <laughs> yeah. they like accidentally gave us a bill and we're like, oh no. <laughs> 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 but that was, um, that was our first date. Yep. And that was when we got to know each other. And we've, pretty much been together ever since that mm -hmm. and that'll be um is it eight or nine years wow this december um, nice. let's see i'm not this sure is a trick e either, either eight or nine <laughs> yeah you can't answer this question as fast yeah, well, as I'm, all the other stuff i know the answer but if you don't know the answer no i think this is only only, only one year has it has it been longer than that? Oh, that's oh, so cute. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's cute that you guys got snowed in. That's really. Cute. What's uh? You have it. What is what is like one of the craziest gigs you ever had? Um, let's see. We got hired to do our table piece. Um, and it was, it was this like, re it was this, this big company that did like lighting and like, like home decor kind of thing. And we didn't want to do it. So we charged like a ridiculous amount and then they were like, okay. And, wow. and, and they're like, just... shit, now we have to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and yeah. And, and so like, you know, we'd, we'd rent the van and transport the table to the place and get everything all set up. And, um, it's, it's basically like a, a grand opening for, uh, for like home fixture companies, like, like a collective of them. And so there's like a thousand people there, uh, none of whom care about dancing even a little bit. Um, and, uh, and so like we, 
get up on the table and we, we do the thing and everybody's just like By talking the way, and the yelling table over the is music. wobbling because the floor is not even. So when you, it, it it's like, you know, the balance boards where it kind of like you, it moves from either side, the table's moving. Oh my um, God. And the, the table. The, okay. Before you continue, how big is the table? I want people to know. Did you not I've see the video, the Chico? I didn't see the video. I saw the photo that you put on yeah. the event, so I have an idea. But if people didn't see it, I'd like them to yeah, yeah. get that. Yeah. Idea. So the uh, the the table is um, it's four feet across and it's round. Um, <laughs> so uh, the 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 thing that I didn't know about round tables for dancing purposes is that if both people stand on the edge. Um, because the edge of the table extends past the frame, it causes the table to start to capsize. So that's uh, that's exciting. That's what I was thinking when I was watching. There's yeah. like, there's secret weights underneath it that we use to hold it down. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> one thing I was one thing I was thinking that's interesting about the table conceptually is that if you're dancing with maybe a little space between you and you're turning a lot, you're constantly changing position you're going mm -hmm. across to where the other person was so you're constantly spreading the weight yeah and, and and that's the yeah that, that that's like the entire um it, it's 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 sort of interesting because that ends up being like a real choreographic restriction um mm -hmm. because if like if both people stand on the same side of the table it starts to fall over right so it's like there, there's moments where we'll go to the same side but the rest of the time, we're always opposite each other uh, for mm -hmm. safety purposes. Yeah. Or one person's yeah. in the middle and the other's going around. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. center of the table, all the finish is worn off. Yeah. <laughs> so you always use the same table. Yeah. yeah. It's our kitchen table. <laughs> we're sitting at it drinking coffee right now. <laughs> and oh, it was always four, four foot. It's never yeah. bigger. Yeah. It's so funny because right. I wanted to ask you, like, as a joke, like how's the table? I thought maybe you just no, grab different tables each time, but it's actually your table. Yeah. No, when I when I wanted I wanted to do this, and John was like, "Okay, cool." And then I found a carpenter, and I talked with him, and I talked with John, and we drew some shapes out on the ground with chalk, and then I paid for it. And then one day I'm like, "Okay, hey, the table's here," and he has to go downstairs and like help unload it. And I could see this sort of look of horror in his face, like, is this really happening? <laughs> yeah, it turned out that it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. And the and the, and the table was uh, was so beautiful. Like the, the the guy had done like just such a great job with the finish and the color was great. And and I'm like, oh, this table this table is so pretty. Like, you know, even if we don't dance on it. Um, it, it'll be just such a great table. And Jessica just like gave me this look and I'm like, or, or we could dance on it. We could dance on it. <laughs> and that's there was how you no getting out nine of that. years. <laughs> yep. Okay. How much uh, into the relationship was that? When did that happen? Like a year into the relationship, a month into the relationship? <laughs> when did this project happen? Um, <laughs> Yeah, that, that, was, that was probably, um, was I want to say, yeah, like three or four years in that we, we started to, to talk about that. <laughs> um, like, like basically we were um, sort of on a, on a kick of studying uh, like a lot of the, the old dancers from like the, you know, the 40s and 50s and 60s. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and of course, uh, Carlos Copes and Maria, uh, Maria Nieves, like they, they did like table pieces uh, in their yeah. shows. Um, and so a, a lot of it was, um, was sort of an homage to that. Mm. Um, you know, cause it's, um, I, I was find it super interesting to watch tango from a long time ago. Um, because there's certain stuff that we still have that's like really intact, but I feel like there's this whole sensibility about it that like people don't really dance in the same way now. Um, and so it was really interesting to try and, um, uh, to, to try and like capture some of that. Hmm. What do you mean? Just curious for our listeners sake, mm-hmm. can you go deeper with how dance has changed? Uh, yeah. So, um, because I know everything, ex- of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for the listeners. Wait, what, wait, what dance are we talking about? <laughs> one, of, one of the things that we kind of like see and, and the way we, we're seeing some of the old tango is it, it'll surprise you. It'll be like a magic mm. trick. It'll have, instead of like being focused on flowing grace and lines it's more like like confounding and entertaining and and like whimsical i feel like especially Mm -hmm. the thing i see in older tango is more whimsy and more humor um Mm. that i really like there's a few dancers who like Mm -hmm. still like to embody those things but it's a lot less common Mm -hmm. i wanted to go back sorry for me, at least. Yeah. I wanted to ask you to, to go further also with your answer about um, why you chose 1927 and why you chose 1941 as your favorite years, or if you'd like to change that answer. Because <laughs> <laughs> those are both moment. very important years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, so for, for me, um, with, uh, with 1927, um, I mean, like that's that's kind of the the period where uh, there's like a bunch of recordings from Fresedo and Canaro um, that are just like uh, just really awesome, um, and they have this like sort of slow, chunky like um, it's almost like the the guys like playing the the piano with a hammer kind of kind yeah, of feeling to I it. Yeah, I love those old um, Fresedos. Yeah, and it's um, I, I feel like there's uh how to say it like there there's sort of like a uh this like essential thing to the music that you hear at that time um where it's like a pretty new music it's it's been invented very recently and they're just like nailing down what's there um and i feel like as you go through the 30s and then into the 40s um, because everybody's been listening to this music for a long time it becomes like a lot more polished and a lot more nuanced mm. um and so, uh, you know, and, and it was like, it was just what he was saying in the, um, about El, Ch- El Choclo earlier, where because everybody knows that song so well, they don't have to do the melody super literally all the time. Um, right. But like in the, you know, in, in 1927, uh, they had to do it literally because they'd just written it and were playing it for the first time. And is uh, it that mm-hmm. 26, 27 is when they went to recording electric right from acoustic yeah i I think that's right so yeah yeah, yeah. sound quality gets better it still sounds like shit yeah of course sounds better (laughs) yeah 
And then 41 is also a big year. Well, 41, 42. Yeah. Um, so my first favorite orchestra was Pugliese. And I was, I remember years ago, I was realizing that I needed to take a more serious interest in the music and like really learn it. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to immerse myself orchestra by orchestra. And I started, you know, rating the songs. And so many of my favorite songs were like 1941, 1942. And mm -hmm. feeling like I was connecting to this tango that was just like so emotional and could be so, have so much, um, like it reminded me of like heavy metal. Like it almost mm -hmm. made me want, want a headbang. And... <laughs> And for a moment, that just, like, captured my heart. You know, it's so funny you say that because I consider tango the heavy metal of orchestra music. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, loved... P P P and Pugliese really, you know. Yeah. Because I've always listened to orchestra music my whole life on and off classical music. And it always made me want to move. Mm -hmm. I, would, I used to paint to it and, and whatever. But then I, you know, I started hearing tango, and I was like immediately coming from my Nirvana days. Mm. My head just started like slowly swaying forward and back. <laughs> and then, you know, the bullhorns came up on my right hand, and I was like, "This is some fucking shit." <laughs> That's so funny because every once in a while I have a, a playlist with some Nirvana songs on it. I'm like, "Come on, John, dance with us to dance with me to this." <laughs> Yeah, we are we are all around the same age, so mm. Nirvana. I got into Nirvana right after he died because it was like '93. Yeah, yeah same. Yeah. And same. I was just old enough to understand what was what, what that to learn about it. I guess mm -hmm. it was like eleven, twelve. Yeah, yeah, same here. Oh man. So. <laughs> And <laughs> coming up, we have, we are going to be starting in June in person stuff. Are you guys, anything on the horizon? Um, so we're, I, I think we don't have anything um, like really nailed down as far as uh, like weekly classes go. Um, a, a lot of it is that the venues around town are not entirely sure like what their, their plan is going forward. Um but uh, definitely, like, you know, May, June, somewhere in there, we're we're going to start up for people that are vaccinated um, or have antibodies and, um, you know, try and keep it as, uh, you know, as safe as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, We've already started taking um, some private lessons. I've had a student actually um, for a while now who had antibodies. Like, I caught it, I have antibodies, and I'm like, great. Um and so we, we started taking privates. Probably the next step will be like little house parties, like small get togethers with mm -hmm. like people who are like like minded and then and then starting up into the venues after that. We gotta get some momentum because we'll be having a festival <laughs> in the fall. <laughs> oh so yeah, yeah. If we we need to get comfortable. Yeah. yeah, that's the that's wow. the, that's the plan. Which um, which festival? Natural. Which natural? was the one that no, no, we were is, gonna come? No. Possibly, like yeah, in yeah, 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 and then 20? and then everything, yeah, yeah. Everything yeah. shut down. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's called Tango on the Rocks, and it's the, the best festival yeah. that ever has been or will be. Sure is. Um, 
Sure is. Of course it is. Of course it is. Shameless, shameless plug there. It has to be. Uh, yeah, so we're, um, yeah, like we're right at the beginning of figuring out what that's going to look like. Um, it's, it's always amazing uh, when you go into festival organizing, um, just how much everything is dependent on what venues are available to you. Uh, like last year, or not last year, but the last time that we had the festival, um, it had been our plan to host a series of classes, like uh, I think like six or 10 classes over the weekend. Um, at a nearby middle school and they had electrical problems which they informed us of on the Thursday before the festival was supposed to start and told us that we couldn't use the space. So I fixed it by uh, going to our local gay bar and they were Charlie's there right across the street from us and asked if we could teach classes there and they provided us with water bottles and energy drinks and um, really low lighting and um, some people. <laughs> Romantic. <laughs> it was. It was Romantic. a really. It was like a very. It was a very interesting venue, but it ended up working out. We ended yeah, up. Yeah, it, it, it worked out okay. Um, so, so how did you guys start becoming more involved in the community in Denver? And did that start first with the classes, or did you first start? more DJing and being part of the events, which came first and then how did you move into being involved in the festival and then, because you guys were also involved in the May festival in mm -hmm. Denver and then yeah. now this festival. So give us a yes. little history on that. So that, that first, that year, um, you the year that you guys came out that um, we had you at the festival um, mm -hmm. was the May one, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. so that, that year, we organized the May one and the September one, so Labor Day and Memorial Day. And we ended up deciding to just keep one, and we kept Labor Day. I see. And so we've been doing that one ever since, and it's just been growing um, every year, and now it's a, an unstoppable beast. Yeah. But before that, um, we've both been teaching local classes and I believe before that, I think you DJed first before. Yeah, I, I started DJing in 2007. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's like DJing just all over the place in uh, Denver and Boulder. And um, I actually started uh, teaching consistently um, in Boulder when, uh, when Nick Jones moved to Denver and uh, gave up the class that he'd been teaching in Boulder for, for several years. So... That was, that was kind of where I got uh, my start, you know, teaching regularly. And you guys How were in Cleveland. First? Oh. Sorry to jump in. Continue, Chico, with your line of questioning. <laughs> well, you were taking it to a different place, so I will continue. How was mm -hmm. the first teaching experience for you guys, like, in terms of how you felt? How did it feel to build the your first, time we first class? The first time we taught a class together? Um, uh, it doesn't have to be together. It could be the first time you actually start a teaching tango. Um, I mean, for, for me, the, the first time that I taught tango was at my, um, uh, like my college club. 
uh, I think they, they didn't have a teacher one week and I'd been dancing for two years. So I was basically an expert. Um, and so I, I gave a, a lesson to the group and I'm pretty sure it was a total disaster. And, uh, luckily I don't remember it now. So, um, yeah, that, that was, uh, those were heady times. Did you feel like, I don't really know much, but I'll do what I can? Or were you feeling more like, oh, yeah, I know this stuff and I can take Oh, yeah, no, I, I, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a badass. I'll, I'll, I'll teach these, these four people. <laughs> you fool! Little did you know. How about you, Jessica, when you well, started? John was already like an established tango teacher. And I was more like a good social dancer and I, but I was teaching more like blues and swing at the time. So when we, when he asked me to, to start teaching with him was pretty much right after we started dating. Um, he was teaching by himself and you know, it was, it was really interesting because at first I was just like, really like, Oh, this is fun. La, la, la. And then all of a sudden I noticed everybody in the community is like watching me and there's like a really different culture here. This, you know, I'm not in American land anymore. There's, I, I felt like this huge fire, like teaching really drove me to want to be, um, as good in my own movement mm, as I could be. Yeah. Like <clears throat> it, like I, I'd say like, yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was working really hard. That my time. first time that's how i felt too yeah my first ahead. time teaching i got a call at empire to sub mm -hmm. and so i was kind of like out of left field and i paced around on 25th street back and forth i might even have called you chico I called somebody I was freaking out I'm like oh my god no, i'm gonna me. teach class i'm gonna <laughs> teach class and then finally that was like an hour before the class that was very last minute they called me on a tina look couldn't make it and I take the elevator up, and somebody else who who teaches tango was standing there. And I came in, and Reba was like, or I'm like, I'm here to sub for Anatina. And Reba's like, oh, no, no, no. I called so-and-so because, you know, you're not, it's true, Maybe. like I've probably been dancing tango for six months. And uh, I kind of left feeling like really rejected and like mm. way more relieved. <laughs> Because <laughs> I was the, not ready. I was not all ready. the feelings at the same time. Exactly. Hello, guys. Hello. But, um, hello. Hello, Marcelo. Marcelo Gutierrez. Do you guys know Marcelo? Jessica? John? Um, I don't think that we've met. I don't think we've met. Marcelo is like our um, Ed McMahon to Johnny Carson. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I am. Um, a pleasure to meet you. Yeah, likewise. Pleasure. Yes. So. We missed you, Marcelito. We you've miss been, you too. You've been slacking on us. Everybody's got a life again. Yeah, you missed mm. two weeks within the last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was kind of busy with my hands. I see. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Sometimes or um, not. According to <laughs> you know, talking about this thing, the story of teaching. You know that I never wanted to teach in the, when I started. My idea was never teaching. And yeah. Oh really? No, Is, no I, that's I, why I, you're a terrible teacher. I am horrible. <laughs> probably my least favorite. 
future. <laughs> that's why we've been studying keep, with you for years. That's why I keep taking your classes, just to <laughs> remind myself what bad teaching really is. <laughs> that was really fun, because in that time when I started, there in the last century, one century ago, <laughs> the teaching was not like the, a profession. I mean, nobody was making money with teaching. The people, the money was making was through shows hmm. in Argentina, right? And in that moment, the tango teachers they were like not really popular. It was not something that uh, anybody who started tango tango was dreaming of. Right. And everybody was working really hard in order to go to different tango shows, like Forever, like Tango Passion. There was a bunch of bunch of shows. So we were like, training really hard to, to, to work in that because that was money. There was dollars, euros, traveling, and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, we were, I remember that I was training with my partner, with my girlfriend at that time, some jams, and all, I don't remember that. And a couple was looking for an outset, said, we want you to teach us. And we were like, who? Us? <laughs> so that was, the, that was the beginning of teaching. So I have to remember. You guys so, do some interesting uh, show work, John and Jessica. And you mentioned, Jessica, earlier how you, you, you love like the more whimsical style. And I feel like when I watch some of your work, it's, it's kind of playful, very creative. Um, oh, a lot of dialogue between you two. Thanks for noticing. Yeah, I mean, I think I even commented a couple of years ago on something you guys yeah. did. I, was, I really mm -hmm. like. It's very unique. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. I don't know how, what else to say. I really, we really, I, <laughs> I appreciate it. We we get this like salty, cheeky feeling sometimes, mm. and what we'd like to have mean? like like. Playful, like naughty, like okay, like yeah. oh, okay, you're gonna do that. Well, I'm gonna do this. Okay, well, how are you gonna respond? Okay, great. And then together, mm. something perfect. Mm. Perfect. Like. But I find that's like how you guys are overall. Mm, yeah. Yeah. yeah I it's, nice. Like, your it's nice that your personalities mm -hmm. are like coming through with that in the dance too. Yeah, it's 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 funny because I've never um, I've never thought about it that way, but I, I I think that's that's exactly right. It's like sort of the the way that we interact um, in a non tango setting kind of comes out when we're dancing sometimes. Yeah, we like yeah, play I off like of that. play off of each other finish each other's sentences. Mm -hmm. Do yeah, you like he stole mm -hmm. your joke earlier? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> do you do you mix improvisation into choreo or um, only only if the choreography is going terribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We do I almost I feel you. <laughs> we we have we've only done a couple choreographies and only one that's like people have seen very much so almost everything is is improvisation mm -hmm. because choreography you know it's a skill it yeah. takes a lot of work mm -hmm. like i respect people who put choreography together and i'm always excited to watch and see what they have to present for me because it's very hard and it yeah. takes a lot of time and you know the more you the more of them you do the faster it gets mm -hmm. but we haven't done enough for it to be fast yet, so for us, yeah, we are we're the same. 
if we do choreography, we have to put a lot of effort into yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really yeah. like a, a project to put together a choreography. I remember yeah, actually having your improvisation skills is also another thing. And like what you're talking about to be playing off of each other and creating at that moment. That, and that's another skill. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, um, yeah, the dialogue. No, I just yeah. remember speaking of preparing. I remember, Marcel, you performed in Montreal many years ago. And at the end, um, you mentioned how you had worked on that every day for six months with your partner. And I was like, that's too much work. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, that, we're talking about 10 years ago. That is why I, I, it is super disciplined. In my case, I love choreography. I love to do choreography. At the same time, it's so frustrating because uh, in my experience of years of doing choreography, the idea is there. Then you start to work, work, work. You see the timing going right. For instance, the music is like two minutes, and you start to do the choreography, and you feel like one minute, ah, perfect. Then one minute, there are 30 seconds. Oh, I almost don't do it. 10 seconds, and the last 10 seconds are the worst. <laughs> are the worst. I promise you, there is all my choreographies that I did, and when I talk with my colleagues, the same is, yes, this fucking 20 last seconds, 10 seconds are because. Because it's the final, right? You need to do all the storytelling that you were creating, the music, and should do something that the people remember. And the, you, the, 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 my teacher was saying, the people will remember how you enter and how you finish. Yeah. It's really hard for them to remember what happened in the middle, at least that there's something specific that you want to do. So, but the storytelling, the storytelling should finish in a way that is coherent with the story that I mean the end, right? So the last yeah. ten seconds is a torture. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you guys. So my partner, with my partner Joanna, that's the one that I did the most. That was yeah, that was who you was with. She's amazing. She's a she's an amazing dancer. Yeah. And, and we well, were like, wow, yeah. I never really thought about that, but it's so true in everything we do. Like when I DJ too, I make. My decisions are so much easier earlier on in the night and through the middle of the night. And once I hit the last one hour, I am like, oh my God, do I play that? Do I play this? Do I play? Like, I am constantly questioning and changing my mind as I am uh, wanting that ending to be the right, and, yeah. uh, right energy and uh, great vibe with the yeah perfect yeah well and, and sometimes more. <laughs> yeah some, sometimes when you're um when you're djing that last hour it's just the most magical hour that has ever happened um and the milonga finishes and everybody's so happy and it's great and other times uh that last hour you make the wrong decisions and yeah. the energy just kind of fizzles and people are walking out the door and um, and yeah, that's like like having a few of those like really makes that last hour super stressful DJing wise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then do you have a go to what they want to come. What do you want? What kind of feeling you want to leave them with? Like, mm. do you want them mm -hmm. to be at the top of the energy where they want more, or that they you wind them down? Like that's the so other. So something interesting I just learned recently is that music from the mid to late forties tends to end in section B mm. and section B tends to be the more dramatic part of the song and music from 
like D'Arienzo in the 30s to the early 40s ends in section A, which leaves you on a higher mood. Mm. And I never thought of this before as a DJ until I learned this a couple weeks hmm. ago. Um, but wow, my question, yeah, it is. It is. It's very yeah, interesting. It's um, I've been doing a lot of online classes with Horacio this past year, and it's always mind expanding his, mm. his musical uh, stuff, yeah, theories, and knowledge. But I wanted to ask you: Do you have sort of a system when you DJ? Do you do you start the same? Like I generally start with like Darienzo instrumentals or you know, I definitely start with like a higher energy first hour. Yeah, I, I, I usually start um, a little bit sort of like easier and more rhythmic for the first hour. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, and then it'll kind of go off into to other places from there. Um, I, I find that if I go with like my go to Tonda for the, the first one, um, that it tends to to feel like a little bit stale sometimes. Uh, so every once in a while, I'll I'll start with like uh, Biagi from the '40s as like the very first thing, and I'm like, all right, let's uh, let's see what we can make happen. Um, and so that's uh, it's it's kind of interesting for me to um, to like intentionally mix it up and not play stuff that I would normally do as the first one, because um, then it's like it, it sort of forces me to consider the room a little bit more carefully. Mm-hmm. I always get excited. It doesn't happen often because I don't have a lot of money. But when I get a new computer, I'll like transfer my music over, and I don't know how to update iTunes. Like a lot of people, they can import their libraries and all this. Hmm. So basically, I start from scratch again, organizing ah. libraries. And I might even do it intentionally at this point. I don't know. But it's kind of cool because, like I said, I, I sort of start from scratch, but I have more knowledge the next time around. So. Hmm. I I can dig a little not deeper, deeper. but yeah, probably not deeper, deeper necessarily because I'm not trying to get more sophisticated. I'm just trying to be narrow in fast. I can narrow in faster what I want and and what I don't want. Um, but it's also scary to DJ from new equipment like a new computer with mm-hmm. not like thousands of pre-made old playlists and tandas, but just a few because you haven't had the time after five years. To do that. <laughs> uh-huh. I have a question, guys. Yeah. Because after the COVID, and when we are going to come back slowly to, to online, how the DJ will change? How, how do you well, see going? Be a little older. <laughs> <laughs> no, why I'm saying because I, I, first of all, I went to a Milonga in Buenos Aires and, uh, before coming here. And I'm telling, I, the sensation was that I didn't feel the same like liked for this setup, like three, mm-hmm. four, Tanda. Mm-hmm. It's kind of old. And, and and then I went to to a party here in DC that they are having a dance bubbles, and they brought a DJ. That uh, DJ is a guy who is DJ. He tried to repeat the, this concept of milonga, and it felt so out. So I'm thinking, how mm-hmm. how will be the new the new the way to DJ? I think probably everybody is going to be out of shape, and so it's going to be on the slow side. <laughs> everybody plays slower songs. Um, I think you you might see more um, more diversity in DJs. I feel like 
that issue starts to, I see that issue coming up a little bit more. So mm-hmm. we might see more, more women, more people of color, more, more different kinds of people DJing. So it'd be interesting to see what they bring. So there was a milonga in New York two weeks ago. And throughout this whole year, we've had this conversation on and off on this podcast about how eager people will be to come back to dancing. And I said a few times, like, oh, man, people will dance to anything. You know, they're just going to be so excited. And so there was a milonga two weeks ago here in New York. And it was controlled and safe and all that stuff. But um, the DJ insisted on playing tangos from after the year 2000. Mm-hmm. And somebody I know who was there said, for the majority of the night, not one couple danced. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and it was the first time these people had been out dancing in over a year. <laughs> and they were just so desperate for fucking Dottie Enzo or something. <laughs> and they were just, they were not having it. And at the end, yeah. the organizer finally, you know, played. came in and played like a couple of regular tandas. But I was That's surprised well. because there are some good orchestras from today. <laughs> That's hilarious. You know, there's yeah. two tango festivals happening over 4th of July weekend. Mm-hmm. And... John and I got hired to the one in Chicago, Windy City Tango Festival, mm-hmm. um, which is like a, an immunity festival. So it's going to be like most everybody will have a vaccine. So it'd be really amazing. And we were concerned because, you know, Tucson Tango Festival is the same weekend. And we, you know, we're like, how's this going to work? Turns out like one of them's sold out and the other one's almost sold out. Yeah. So, yeah, there definitely yeah. is a huge, like, urge for people to start dancing. Absolutely. That, oh, yeah. That's we incredible. Opened, we opened up Cleveland Tango Marathon the last weekend of July. And right oh, now awesome. we're, allowed, we're allowed 60 people at the, at the venue. And within five minutes, we filled 60. And <laughs> I, I took the button off the website. And 61. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I put a formed to join your uh, waiting list and we have i think 80 on the waiting list as of today and it's april what 14th mm-hmm. you know and that's, that's our festival is generally small it's like 100 to 120 people it's a small yeah. venue um but i think this year it's going to be if we're allowed it's going to be huge yeah. yeah and going back yeah, this... to marcelo's question i think that people are really excited to dance and there is a part of me you're right marcelo like uh, they may want a different format, but at the same time, I think some people are just going to want the familiarity of things. Knowing, like, I think it might ease them in to start with the what they're used to, as opposed to with a new system of stuff or, like, with music that they're not as familiar with. Uh, it could be three song or four song tandas, but I think if you start getting rid of cortinas all of a sudden, and we've had this conversation before, but, and I thought that's probably going to change a lot. Now I'm thinking about it, that I think people are going to want to come back to what they're familiar with first. I agree. I and, think and that then it's going to be more flexible from there. I think had things not stopped, we might've changed them slowly because people might've gotten bored or, or used to it i don't know but mm. i think you're right like i think people are going to want to come back to something that feels comfortable and familiar the sensation that i got in the places that i went it is that uh the i feel that formal will come back will be changed because 
the setups that I am having these meetings are houses, are not milongas. So mm-hmm. people are as well, yes, they want to dance. At the same time, they want to have a, a moment where they can drink something, connect with people, talk with somebody, yeah. Yeah. Get, yeah. Get, get rid of, start to treat one friend of mine is saying, I'm so nervous. And I say, why? I never, a long time without so, so many people. And we were eight. They <laughs> 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 were like, I have so many people here around me. I like this, the social anxiety. So bring bring more longer cortinas that are more chill for hmm. to help the people hmm. to rest. Yeah, and, then, and then go come back to dancing again. I feel that is yeah. the, and not so long tandas. Guys, three something long tandas was what I was thinking instead of Yes, four, like, yeah. so people change two. more and... But not two, like two wouldn't go, but three, definitely not four songs. Yeah, and Carlos is practical last week. It was three. I mean, it was. Yeah, yeah. Three, three. I mean, four songs now like, sound like a long term relationship now. It's like, wow, like, wow, wow, I'm <laughs> exactly. going to get married exactly. with this person. Well, it's not even with the person with your feet, it's a long term relationship you didn't have. For over a year. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. So this is this is what I feel. I, I don't know in a, in a place, I don't know in New York what's going on, but, but here in D.C., and it's something that I love, is the, this, I feel that the Milogos here will come back, or many places in Argentina the same, I, I, with these big houses, will be group of friends coming together, dancing, and, and this kind of format will, will yeah, be... Yeah, that's happening here too. Like mm-hmm. more chill music and women to... to, to talk and then another short tanda. I agree with the playing longer cortinas. And actually that's something we do when we organize is tell all our DJs not to cut their their cortinas, but to have mm. live songs. Because if it's a good song and a lot of people get up and want to dance, up, yeah. then we want them to be able to dance because it's it, it's a party. And we yeah, want to have, we have a, the exact same philosophy. Yeah. We, we want to have a fun party. And, you know, I think it can be really easy to take it too seriously. So, yeah. you know, if we played two to three minute song in between each time, like it would still be a fun night. No one would die. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, we it's play, also I play now... like a minimum minute Cortina. Mm-hmm. And when I DJ on the road, which I don't do often because I, I feel much more comfortable in my own community. I get the weirdest looks when the cortina lasts more than 20 seconds. People, they just, mm. they're not oh, used yeah. to like an extended, it's, even if it's only a minute. small communities. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's so crazy in Argentina. There is some places I, I remember, it, like, because of the name, Sunderland. Sunderland. Remember, do you hear about mm-hmm. Sunderland, guys? I Sunderland. It's gone now. Yeah. It is one of the most traditional tango places ever. And the cortinas were lasting two minutes. Mm-hmm. And nobody was freaking out. I don't know why around the world this come that like ten seconds. Like, oh my god, you're killing tango! You're killing tango! What's wrong with you? People, it's it's like they're trying to do a reenactment, you know. Yeah. Um, but they're taking it serious, like it's religion, and mm-hmm. they don't know what actually happened. Yeah, they don't know what the religion they're following is. Yeah. They're doing a a religious reenactment from a place and a time they've never been. And then becoming emotional if it doesn't go just like that. It's yes, like because like some guy from Pittsburgh once told them that this is what tango is or something. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so based on that. Sorry, sorry. 
Go ahead. There's something that is totally true. I, when I feel the emotions going on in, when in these looks that, like Adam was saying, but not just in New York, in different places I see that. But have you been in Buenos Aires, how it works? No. So how do you know that in Cortina? <laughs> no, because somebody told me. Mm-hmm. No, man, in the, in, in the 90s, for instance, when I had, again, coming back to my, I feel like an old man. There was, okay. There were no Cortinas. They were like you complete tenders of... The complete tenders. Thank you so much. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and in the uh, in the court, there was tenders of uh, fox rock, of salsa, of cumbia. There was or chacareras. That was the cortinas in that, that time. I don't know what the twenty seconds cortinas and they cry. Yeah, and I think <laughs> yeah. we need to like. I want to play cortinas where like. I mean, we always play that stuff that moves you. So you're not actually stopping to dance, maybe you're conversating, but your body is like excited, pulsing. Uh, yeah. pulsing. And now like, I feel people will get up if they know swing or if it's a song that they connect with, they might dance alone more too, because they've been dancing alone for over a year. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. There, you might also see that happening more. But I, Jessica, I agree completely about what you think, what you said about people reenacting something. I don't think the word milonga, I think it can kind of put a false nomer on what we're doing, which is we're having a party where people mm-hmm. are dancing tango. Mm-hmm. And when it's called a milonga, to some people, they, they, like we're all saying, it kind of becomes this formulated thing. And we've spent our lives trying to make the party the main thing. You know. Okay, so what you're saying is that we need to call it a tango fiesta. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yes, I was going to say tango party, but... Fiesta is more awkward. I agree with Jessica. <laughs> tango party is so gringo. We need to do that. Could, could, it, could it be a fair tango fair? Fiera. Is fiera fair? No, fe- no, fair, no, fiera, no, it sería feria. How do you say fair? Feria. Uh-huh. That's cute, too. Yeah, tango. F- Am I, what uh, did you say? Tango festival, fiesta. Tango fiesta. Fiesta, forever, and it should start with that song. Yeah, totally. <laughs> this story, one in... T- All night long. In, in, All <laughs> night long. In the talk that we had with Kata, in Tongo's Fierce, the, the historian, she was bringing that, that exact background that uh, tango, according to the records that they, they have, is, was a natural consequence of the response of the poor people uh, to the big festivals that they have, the rich people in Buenos Aires. So the rich people in Buenos Aires, they have these kind of parades, uh, and the people they didn't afford couldn't afford this kind of stuff so tango started to be the parade of the party of the people that and everyone I was telling a story I always share this story that she shared with us there was such a there was a group in Buenos Aires and in that time there was a group of fanatics of orchestras so it was not just somebody who liked the orchestra there were fanatics people who were following these orchestras different and inside these fanatics people there were people that were like with knives and and people that they were like cool, right? <laughs> so there was a story saying that uh, I think that I don't I think that was Canaro, one of these orchestras were 
were playing. And one of the part of the of the hooligans started to scream that they, they want him to play one song again, repeat the song. Another part of the hooligans was saying, no, they he let him play whatever he wants. So they started mm -hmm. to have a knife fight <laughs> in the middle <laughs> of to ask the DJ, that, to DJ to the orchestra to play the song again, right? That was... Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll try and bring that back as much as we can. I'm, I'm not sure how successful it will be, but... Uh, you if guys... you could teach some knife fighting classes, <laughs> um, we're looking for... You know, a new teacher. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Were you guys at the Mercury the one year when Luis Bianchi dressed up like a police officer during one of the festivals? Oh, oh yes, I, I, I remember that. He made that me do bag well. ochos or something through between cones. Oh, my yep. God, yes. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, I miss this. This is sad. Yeah. So you need yeah, that, was... <laughs> that was hilarious. We need we to do a fun a event lot together, of guys. Plastic mm -hmm. forks around the room to entice people to have. I had a, an idea <laughs> one one like a made up festival I never did, which would be the Great Tango Olympics, <laughs> and it would just be like a bunch of weird tango games and like some dancing. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, that sounds. And there'd good. be like like trophies, you know, for the the winners and. And um, a lot of drinking. Yeah, we did. Fantastic. We attended something like that, that was... without the drinking mm. um, oh, back well, in they... San Francisco many years ago. Yeah. They did like At tango games, mm -hmm. where like Carlos and Toba had to dance. Like Carlos had to keep his foot in a bucket, while <laughs> Toba had to keep a rose in her mouth, and then they had to switch the rose and the bucket at the same time. <laughs> there was one and... where they had a bell and. Uh, bubble wrap. And so they had to they play the song making... on the bubble wrap? Yeah. <laughs> and with the bell. Yeah. yeah. It was interesting. Uh, yeah, that was, that was a long time ago. Good game. Yeah. There was one Rebecca danced with Rebecca, and they always have to be on the line, so. That was cool. That was yeah. cool, too. Yeah, I want well, to get people involved. Idea. Yeah, we should do a fun event together. Yeah. Yeah. Would you would yeah. you promote the games earlier so people are practicing so it's like real Olympics they come? Mm, well, like it de depends on the depends on the game, but yeah, yeah, yeah. let people know. The like rules and the game ahead of time. We could see like who could do the longest calisita or colgata until their, their partner until their partner flies. Except the leaders are or the ones doing. The leaders are the ones yep. doing the calisitas, though. <laughs> <laughs> Who can lead their leader to calisita the longest? <laughs> Tell one throws up. I, I love that idea. Yes. Or they, or they, who can do the most ganchos in one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, every single one of these suggestions, all I keep thinking of is Nick. Yeah. Oh actually. my God. Like, Nick is going to be the gold medalist of all these. <laughs> I know. We're going to have to make him a judge. It's the yeah, only. Yeah. It's the only. So true. It's so true. It, it, it's the only fair way to do it. It's true. I love it. Well, we're going to wrap it up, guys. We appreciate your time. It's getting late. Now it's, you know, 10 to 11 is late for us. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's so sad, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Not really, like, like, but yeah. yeah. <laughs>
Uh, well, thank you guys uh, so much for having us. It's this been was super, uh, fun. super fun. Oh, thank yes, you guys. It was had, great I, connecting again. I really mm -hmm. had a blast when we came to visit you guys in May. I mean, I know we were, weren't visiting you guys. We were working, but, but I did really enjoy spending time Same with you guys. Same here. Yeah, I had my first edible with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it was so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mile high hospitality. <laughs> yeah. That right. was the only place at the time that allowed for, I think, legal edibles. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. yeah, now yeah, it's. You guys, uh, are, you guys are definitely like kindred spirits um, in the tango world. Clearly, um, yeah, so we would true. love we would love to to collaborate and do something with you guys sometime. I think yeah, it would be a real blast. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Mm -hmm. You know, we we were. I suggest John, uh, Chico. John, you... I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Even though I called you old. Huh? Has, 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 hashtag <laughs> hashtag just saying. <laughs> um, before we go, you guys, you were in Cleveland not too long ago with Alberto Michaela. You know, we're really close with them, and um, you were on our list for DJs this year, but we don't have a budget because we don't know how many people we're going to mm -hmm. have at the marathon, so we definitely want to get you to do that. But So that's why he loud, hired like, me. Uh, well, you're anyway. me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, She's doing but, for... <laughs> but now I'm thinking out loud, like, we should reach out to them. Maybe we do something together in Cleveland. Yeah, that'd be fun. That like we we love those guys. They're they're just yeah. so great. They're also kindred spirits, mm -hmm. and we can have a really fun event together. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. But on that note, we're gonna go. Chico, I still haven't picked a, a song to exit with. I have nothing. Ask John. Um, John. Uh, oh no, I did. I picked Alahusema, Alahusema, which is well. That's what song, I picked. But... Yeah. Wow, you, I had I, the eye of the tiger. <laughs> oh. All That's night long. I bought too. them all night, all night long. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't mean to not ask you, Jessica. I just asked John as a DJ. I was curious what he was going to say. That's why. Mm. Oh, I didn't, mm. I didn't even notice. Yeah, I was, was going to yeah. in, insist that you play uh, El Choclo again. And we're going to get into a fight <laughs> if you don't. <laughs> yes. Let's <laughs> <laughs> Marcelo, thank you for popping in. It's great to hear yes, your voice. Yes, we missed you. Glad you're in DC doing well. We should we should get together. Yes, soon. I might be coming down to the area soon to visit a friend. So if I do, I'll let you know. Let me know. I'm I'm planning to visit New York in May too. So I will be Wonderful. around. Wonderful. Yeah. Excellent. All right, everybody. Thank you for Have joining us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being with us. Take care, everybody. Thank you Take so care. much. Bye. See you next week. Yes. Thanks for playing Nazarama. Thanks for choosing it. Why? It just came to me. I haven't heard it in such a long time. So this was memories. the first. This was the first song. We really tried to dance to the voice, too. Yes. Which was... And Puja is saying this song takes her to our class because we taught a whole six week seminar on this song. Yeah, that's our way of practicing what we want to dance to. We teach it. Yeah. <laughs>
Also, this was the first this era of Troilo that I connected with, I think. And then started listening to Troilo from here on more. Macumba que suma el tambor, ha muerto un moreno y ha muerto de amor. Triste retumba, retumba tu son, ha muerto un hermano de nuestro color. Y cruzan la noche los negros y el coche, que encierra un reproche de sangre y pasión. Y canta un consejo de labios vermejos. Who is the singer, Adam? Alberto Marino. He used to play this a lot when he DJed at the time. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night, Chico. Ciao. Ciao.